You are listening to Hands at Work Audio. This is Going Deeper for February 2016. In this episode, international volunteer Dan Wasp is sharing on the topic of giving and receiving. Good morning. So on the screen, Daytona is going to put up a picture of two houses uh, that I visited yesterday. Uh, and I want to tell you um, a little bit about uh, both of these houses. Uh, this house is, uh, there's a boy that stays in this house called Vukosi, who's um, seven years old. So it's Vukosi uh, with his gogo Dorothy and uh, Makulu Frank. Uh, they stay here. It's, they stay in this wooden house. It's a one-roomed uh, house that, uh, and they all sleep um, together. Um, uh, we were able to, and like I said, Vukosi seven, we were able to hear Frank's story from uh, the war in Mozambique. So I'm not going to go into the details because they're horrific. I mean, shockingly um, horrific to, uh, to go into some of the things he told us that the army did at that time uh, during the war. Um, but his wife and children were both killed in front of him uh, and uh, he fled into the bush. And, um, uh, and then after, I think it took him a week, he said, but of course he doesn't know, he managed to make it to, um, to South Africa. Uh, and he stays there with his uh, new wife, um, uh, Dorothy. So that's uh, Foucault's house. Up here is, um, uh, is Foster's house. And so it's a brick house as opposed to a wooden house, but it's still exactly the same. A one-bedroomed house with a double bed in it and... Uh, uh, and this is Gogo Regina, and this is um, her boyfriend John, uh, you can see there. And Foster stays there, who is also seven. The houses are a one-minute walk apart. So I could, uh, you can see, if you stand in uh, Foucault's house, you can look across and you can kind of see Foster's house over there. Both exactly the same. Uh, we were able to hear um, Gogo Regina's story, and again, some of the details I'll leave out, because uh, but she explained how uh, during the war the bodies were in her village were racking up like firewood. So they were, she said she described them as being taller, uh, the piles being taller than a house, uh, and so she uh, they lined up the men, but she was able to run into the bush. Some of people were shot around her, but um, uh, she was able to get into the bush and again make her way to South Africa. And so it was incredible. Uh, it was tough, it was heartbreaking, but it was incredible being uh, doing two home visits to two almost identical houses, but both came for one seven-year-old boy in each house. Uh, and so it was remarkable seeing two almost identical situations. And the difference between the two boys was remarkable. And you can guess, uh, and so I'm stating the obvious, but uh, Gogo Regina and John, there's no judgment here. It's painful to watch, but when you hear her story, it gives you a clue. They drink from seven in the morning until seven at night. You can see them here busy making marula wine um, uh, for the day, so they don't have to leave the house, which is, in a strange way, a blessing uh, for this point of time. But they make, um, they drink throughout the whole of the day. And uh, and it's painful to, to know that Foster, uh, so Foster never, they hardly ever cook for Foster. He often either gets cooked for by neighbours or by um, 
uh, people nearby, but uh, they were very open. I asked Regina, I said, so how do you, like, how do you care for Foster when you're drunk? And she said, she, I mean, she said it with a laugh on her face. She said, I come back wobbling, and, but I'm not aggressive. I'm not an angry drunk. I just lay down and fall asleep and Foster comes and falls asleep too. And I said, and what about food? And she says, well, sometimes if I'm not drunk in the morning, I will have cooked um, or the neighbours will cook for him. So she was very honest about um, her story. I asked if I could pray for them. In the seven years that I've been here in uh, South Africa, I've prayed for, like all of us have, countless different people. I've prayed for Sangomas um, while their people are busy drumming in the background. They've said, yeah, of course you can pray for us. You know, it doesn't matter. I, I asked if we could pray at that house and she said no. She said, we don't do, your, we don't do praying uh, in this house. She said, um, uh, and again, I, so I, she said, we don't believe in that. We believe in different stuff. So I asked her, I said, so tell me, uh, just help me understand some of the stuff that you do believe in. She said, we believe in traditional um, healing and, uh, uh, and uh, church makes me feel sick. Uh, and so we left the house. Now here, uh, Vukolsi's house, I've never met a couple, an old couple like that, that looks so much in love. There was such a sense of... Uh, of love between the two of them. It was incredible to watch. And I asked, uh, after hearing their story for both of them, I asked about how they feel about looking after Vukosi. Because Vukosi's mother has uh, left uh, to, she's found another husband, so she's left. She, he sees, she comes back on pension day to bring the money to support Vukosi, and then she goes. And so I said, how do you feel about looking after Vukosi? She said, I'm never gonna let that boy go, ever. She said, I'm not going to, the only time I'm going to let that boy go is when he dies, not even when he's married. <laughs> I thought, oh, <laughs> poor boy. Um, uh, but, uh, but the level of love and care that they had for Vukosi was, uh, was incredible. So I met Vukosi and I met Foster. Uh, and knowing their two stories, uh, Vukosi was warm and smiled and I greeted him and he greeted me back and he hugged me and then he wanted to spend more time with me whereas Foster was completely the opposite. He was cold, he was wounded and so we all know that. That's not, I don't think I'm telling you anything new but it, it teaches a principle which I think we sometimes forget which is we're able, we're able to love and we're able to give to the degree that we receive love. Am I making sense? So the amount of love that we receive, that, that kind of shows us the amount that we can give out. And so Foster was receiving no care, no love, apart from a, a care worker that visited him as regularly as she could, which was more than once a week, was twice or three weekly because she stayed uh, near him. So, but he was receiving very little care. And so the amount of affection and love that he could show me was small. Whereas Vukosi was receiving much love and security and safety. And so the amount of love that he could give out to me was more. Am I being clear? The more love we receive, the more love we can give out. And so, and it struck me, and that's, I think that's a biblical principle. And it's something we know, and we could talk for ages. George has spoken to us many times about what happens in a child's head when they're traumatized and how that affects the way they're able to build relationships and care. 
but bottom line is that Foster wasn't able to show much love. He wasn't able to give much because he wasn't receiving much. Whereas for Colsey was able to give much more because he was receiving much more. And so this morning I want to talk a little bit about our watchword and we can read our watchword um, together. May the God who gives endurance and encouragement give you a spirit of unity as you follow Christ Jesus. And that's Romans 15:5. May the God who gives, may the God who gives endurance and encouragement give. So this watchword is about, a, is about God giving. Do you understand? It's about God giving, which in turn means it's about us receiving. And so uh, it's God who gives endurance and encouragement and a spirit of unity, which means it's us that receive. And so for some of us, receiving is actually more difficult than it sounds. Um, uh, we don't like to give, we like to do. We like to build, we like to speak, we like to achieve, we like to um, comment, we like to advise, but we don't, we like to give, it makes us feel better. We, and again, we could talk for hours on that, but we know that's true uh, in ourselves, or for many of us, that's true, is that in actual fact, deep down, giving makes us feel much better than receiving does. And so, and I saw it in myself when we first went through this watchword, my mind immediately meant to how am I going to give endurance? How am I going to help Catherine endure this year when it's tough? How am I going to encourage Nico? How, how do I encourage her? Well, I think I can say nice words to her. I can, how, do I, how do I create a spirit of unity? Now that's good. That's, and that's right and proper. Hear me well. There, there is in this watchword, there is, we all know, there is a responsibility on us because we model Christ and Christ lives in us to, to do these things. But I want to suggest that first, we have to receive endurance and encouragement and unity because that's what the scripture says. It said that it's a God that gives us those things. Um, uh, I have, as you know, been working with Busi uh, for a number of years now and um, I realised that Africa has taught me many things um, but one of the things Africa has taught me is how to receive and I remember specifically being in, a, uh, being in the car, we were going somewhere and we called in and uh, Busi said, uh, what do you want to drink and uh, I'll get you a Coke and I said, uh, I said, no, I'll get them, it's fine. And she, she shouted at me, which again isn't uncommon for, um, <laughs> for Brucey, even on a good day. But she said, just shut up and let me buy the bottle of Coke. And, uh, and so I said, okay. And she went. And I realised that like, whether it was a pride issue, whether it was that I felt I was, uh, I, I, as a man, I should be the one buying the cold drinks. I realised that for a long while I'd continually stopped her from giving and, and I wasn't good at receiving and, uh, and it hit me then and I realised that Jesus didn't seem to have that problem at all. In Luke, it's Luke 8 uh, and it's just the first three verses of Luke chapter 8. Um, it says, soon afterward, 
Uh, soon afterward, Jesus began a tour of the nearby towns and villages, preaching and announcing the good news about the kingdom of God. He took his 12 disciples with him, along with some women who had been cured of evil spirits and diseases. Among them were Mary Magdalene, from whom he had to cast out seven demons, Joanna, the wife of Chusa, Herod's business manager, Susanna, and many others who were contributing from their own resources to support Jesus and his disciples. And so, of course, I know that all of us understand that to a point, because many of us, especially those of us that are um, international volunteers, we, we're here because we rely on Susanna's and Mary's giving out of their own resources uh, to us to be here. But I realised that struck me that Jesus didn't have the same problem I did about uh, receiving. Uh, another scripture that we all know uh, and it actually informs one of our core values is freely, we, you, freely you have received, freely give. And that's in uh, Matthew uh, chapter 10 verse 8. I'll read it again. It says, freely you have received, freely give. And so, rightly so, um, often we read that scripture um, as an order or as an instruction to give. So I say to Brenda, Brenda, freely you've been given, so you have to freely give. And we all understand that, and, and that's correct. It is, they are linked. Freely we receive, freely we give. But I want to ask the question, I wonder whether those, that scripture is pointing to more than just that we should give. I wonder whether it's pointing to an order of things, that freely we receive and then freely we give. Am I making sense? And so, hear me well, a disclaimer now. You know that what I'm not saying is, this is not license to be one of those people that says, cr crosses their arm and says, I'm gonna wait. Once I've freely received, then I'm gonna freely give. It's not license for that at all. That's, that would go against everything that has happened in Han's history. Right from the start, when George and Carolyn started in Masoy with uh, with every reason not to start, with uh, no supporters, with churches that weren't just not supportive, they were actually saying, we think you're crazy, <laughs> we don't think it's a good idea, I don't think you should, uh, you should do it. But they went anyway. And then throughout Han's history, when we've gone into places like Goma, or I think of Oshuk, where uh, Oshuk was... Uh, was told, we were told about Oshuk and there was, we had every reason at that point in time to say we don't have the resources, we don't have the money, it's not right for us to go, but we felt God saying go. And so we're never, you know, we're never a community of people that sit and say we'll wait for the resources to come in and then we'll go. That's not what I'm saying. What, uh, you know that we are proudly, Hans is a, we build the plane as we fly it. We see the need, we feel a call, and we go, and we trust that, the, that things will come. But I do think these, that on a deeper level, not just talking about finance, but these verses to freely receive and then freely we give, I think they point to an order of things, a way of doing things that, that, we, can, um, that we can learn from. So... Let me give you an example. In our communities, when we go to our communities, we can receive first. We can receive information, stories. We can hear laughter, tears, hopes and fears. And then on the back of that, 
we can give. We can receive first and then we give. In our homes, we can be people that listen first and listen. We can watch, we can observe and then we give. Freely we receive first and then we give. And I think that, again, points to our watchword that, that we should be, at first we should, go, we should always have a spirit of receiving. Uh, we often want to jump to the part that says uh, to give. Like I said, for me, I know that I want to jump to that part because I feel like I've got what's needed. I feel like I don't need to receive anything. When I go to the community, I don't need to receive anything. I need to give and give and give because I know what's wrong and I've got the answer. And sometimes I don't have the answer. And sometimes I think that, that on a deeper level in our marriage, in our families, in our community, we need to more have we foster a spirit of receiving rather than the spirit of giving. That's the, the part about Tyler's talk that I loved last week. If you remember his story, it was, he was in a bit of a crisis. He had slept that night, he woke up in the morning and he sat there watching the sunrise saying, God, I need some encouragement. I need, you to, I need endurance. And so he received endurance first after the brokenness of the house that he stayed in, after feeling at crisis point uh, in, his, uh, in his own walk, he received encouragement in the form of a scripture. He, 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 he used that throughout the day and it was only later that he was able to, to feed that back to a goggle in a different community in Shoga. And so what I love about that story is one, Tyler's humility and the fact that I think it points to again, it points to a spirit of receiving first and giving second. So um, all of us know, just again, I'm picking out key scriptures that, are th- that, uh, that we all know. First of all, our watchwords. Second of all, uh, receive, freely we've received, freely we give, which informs our core value. And then the next scripture I want to point to is 1 John 4 verse 19, which again, many of us will know that says, we love each other because he loved us first. And so uh, the only reason we're able to love each other because he loved us first. Vukosi is able to love others because he feels that he's been loved first. And so uh, lastly, I want to take us uh, back Uh, right to the beginning. And so you can turn to this if you want, and we're going to go right back to Genesis 1, uh, verse 27. Uh, So Genesis 1, verse 27 says, and let me uh, just read it uh, fully. It says, So God created human beings in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. Then God blessed them and said, Be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth and govern it. Reign over the fish in the sea, the birds in the sky, and all the animals that scurry along the ground. Then God said, Look, I've given you every seed-bearing plant throughout the earth and all the fruit trees for your food. I've given you every green plant as food for all the wild animals, the birds in the sky, the small animals that scurry along the ground, everything that has life, and that is what happened. (coughs) Then God looked over all he had made, and he saw that it was very good. And evening passed, and morning came, marking the sixth day. And I'm just jumping to the start of chapter two, where it says, So the creation of heavens and earth and everything in them was completed. On the seventh day, God had finished his work of creation, so he rested from all his work. 
And God blessed the seventh day and declared it holy, because it was the day when he rested from all his work of creation. And so let's just spend a few minutes running through the story uh, again slowly. And so first of all, we all know this because we've talked lots about this in our uh, The Jesus We Know Bible study and as we've studied uh, together. Uh, but the first thing that hits all of us is it says we are created in his image. And so like I said, we've talked lots about it, but it means that Sesenyan is created in the image of the God that created this earth and uh, that we worship and that we sing to and that we read about in the Bible, that we love. Sesenyan is created in his image. And so is Grace, and so is Sander, and so is Mark, and so is Daytona, and so am I. We're created in his image. Then it says, which uh, I'd missed, so it says we, they were created in his image, in the image of God he created them, male and female who created them, then God blessed them. So I'm going to talk now for a little bit, I'm going to talk much about blessing, and so you're going to think I've become a very African pastor um, now as I talk lots about um, uh, blessing and the fact that we didn't do it, we are blessed and we receive blessing, we don't do anything for blessing, but bear with me, but also, I'm, like I said, I'll put some disclaimers in this, that you know what I'm not saying is that that's where we stop. Are, again, that would negate the whole of Han's history and the whole of what we're doing is if you, if you ever felt that I was saying that we're called to receive first or you think that we're called just to be blessed. Of course we're called to be, we, we are blessed to be a blessing. We know that. We know our call on our lives and so that's, I'm saving that for another uh, morning. But it says God blessed them which means he was happy with them. He was satisfied with what he had created. God finished his work and on the seventh day he rested. Now, of course, it's important to, to, to remember that God didn't need to rest. Like the Bible's clear that God doesn't grow weary or grow weak. And so it's not like God needed to rest. He was the, the uh, we can, again, we could debate for ages whether some people believe that this creation happened in in seven or six 24-hour stints. Other people believe that it's a, a story that points to uh, our maker and to principles in, uh, in how we're to live and how we're due to do things. But either way, whoever recorded this story felt it important to, uh, to acknowledge. It was clear that we were being taught something by the fact that God rested on the seventh day, not because he needed to, but because he wanted to. And so, just to recap first, God worked, then he finished, he was satisfied and he was happy, and then he blessed. On day six, created, blessed, day seven, rest. They hadn't done anything. How does that make you feel? They hadn't done anything, and the first thing they did was have a day off. Nothing. And, and so, I think it points to, again, a spiritual discipline of the fact that we, and again, I'm tying in Hans' words now, we are before we do. We're God, God created us, first off, then in his image, then he blessed us. He said, I'm blessed. And then he said, I'm, I'm finished, I'm happy with these, this is good. And then... I'm going to rest with them. I'm going to give them a day off. And it was out of that, it was out of 
receiving a blessing, it was out of receiving rest that they served, that they got busy, because there was work for them to be done. God had already stated what the work was. He said, that I've, given you, uh, I've given you all of those animals to look after and the things to garden and plants to dig over. He's clear about what we have to do, but he says, first off, you're created. Secondly, you're blessed. Then you rest with me. And out of that, you serve out of that. Am I making sense? Am I clear that, that I think we're called to receive first and then to give? We are before we do. And so uh, there's a picture I can just show you of. Um, uh, this is the family. This is Vukosi. Uh, this is uh, Makulu Frank. And this is uh, uh, um, Gogo Dorothy um, that you can see. And so the picture doesn't really capture um, uh, as much as I would have hoped, but um, but if you can just catch some of the friendliness and the happiness in Vukosi's smile and eyes as he uh, stood there for a picture, quite proud with his um, uh, with his Mozambican grandfather and his uh, grandmother uh, holding his hand, um, uh, and so Vukosi was able to love and to care because he was receiving love and care. And as we think about our watchwords this year, and as we, we recognise the call on our lives, and it is a call on our lives, to endure and to help others endure, to encourage and to be an encouragement and to encourage others and to encourage our community. And as we realise that each one of us is going to have to, to fight and push for a spirit of unity, it, just to pause on this for a second, have you ever been encouraged by someone and they've said something that maybe other people have said to you before, but for some reason their words do something different to you than anything else you've ever heard? It's, it's different. And, and so, again, I'm not going to push this too far, but I want to suggest that, that for some of us, for me, I can point at myself, for some of us, encouragement comes easy. It, and actually, I can call it encouragement, but you could just call it flattery. Or you could, even if you wanted to push it, you could call it manipulation. I just want Tommy to like me, so I would tell him I think he's brilliant. But my words are empty, they're flattering. Maybe, but maybe if I received this encouragement in myself, deep in my heart, I'd received encouragement and I knew what it was. And out of the well of that encouragement, I was able to say something that was meaningful and profound and spirit-led to Tommy. It could change his life. But first off... I need to receive encouragement uh, first. Uh, to finish with, I want to just suggest that there's a few things that we can, uh, we can do, and then I'll, um, uh, I'll wrap up. The first is, like I said, I think uh, there's, a, uh, there's nothing practical. Well, there is something practical, but this is between God and ourselves. This is a business with God of saying, God, you know what? I'm... I don't know how much I've received this watchword. I know how much I've taken it on. I know how much I've thought about what I can do. I've known how much I've applied it to my workplace and how I've applied it to our communities. But I don't know, God, how much I've recognised the fact that it's you that's going to give me endurance and it's you that's going to give me encouragement and it's you that's going to give me a spirit of unity. 
And that's maybe our first step this morning, is to have that conversation with God and ask, God, I want to receive this watchword before I live it out. I want, to, I want it to soak deep within me before uh, I live it out. The second thing we can do, uh, more practical, is, um, is there's a spirit of receiving, listening, and observing is a key part of that. Why, why don't we push ourselves to be better listeners and a better observer? Imagine what our community could look like if, as opposed to coming to say something, we came ready to receive first and then to speak. Uh, and lastly, it's, um, it's uh, an ongoing call that we all have, but it's to, to fight this temptation to define ourselves by what we do. It's remembering that God created and then blessed, said I'm happy and then gave rest and then they did that. So God's not impressed with Catherine's emails. He's, he's not first because he created her and then he blessed her. Then he said I'm satisfied, I'm happy, my work is good here when he looked at it and then he gave her rest. So that was as, God was as happy as he could be at that point with Catherine. So everything else she does after that is, is here nor there. Am I making sense? It's the same for you, Devon. Is that you can't define yourself by your success or your, your failure. And so that's, we're going to have to hold each other to that. And that's a continued call for us here at Hands. Thank you for joining us. Double, double, double dot hands at work.org